effective guide to broad targeting. The most powerful weapon that very few people actually use properly and a lot of folks that know what they're talking about haven't started to use yet in a proper way. And honestly, that's not their fault. They've been probably really successful before they had to be any good or they have really good brands that don't need them to be all that good at making Facebook marketing. But if you wanna work way smarter, which means you can work a lot less and actually make way more money using the smartest marketing machine learning platform on the face of the planet doing what it's exactly designed to do to help you be successful let's go <sighs> so let's get into it first off thank you very much for being here you can be literally anywhere on the internet right now and it means the world to me that you've decided to take the time to be here and listen to a crazy person scream at the screen i really do appreciate that so one I want to make sure that you know I value your time and we are going to make this absolutely valuable for you as much as possible and we're going to get started right now. So the definition of broad and I see this wildly misunderstood by a lot of people. So broad targeting is by definition age, gender and location parameters placed on an otherwise unrestricted audience. And the reason that this exists is because those are the three parameters that you can place on an audience that does not add to the CPM. Back in the day when I started using Facebook ads and you were starting to add on targeting audiences, they quite literally told you how much extra that was going to cost. Now, certain interest groups or certain credit card company audiences and other things that we would use would say, oh, well, that's 20 cents more or that's 50 cents more. And now you're like, well, I don't really care about 20 cents, 50 cents. But this is back when CPMs were like $3. Interest groups today might cost you an extra five or $10 to reach people. So one of the things that we're doing is we're understanding at a very elemental level that what we are doing is reaching the most amount of people for the lowest cost. And when we're trying to use a machine learning platform that requires data in order to improve getting ourselves the highest denominator inside of a fraction of impressions is absolutely the path down the line today, next week, next month, next year, that's going to make our marketing efforts smarter. Basically, it's reps. How many times do we get to learn something? Every win or every loss informs the next impression. If you're paying more money to reach people, maybe it's a higher quality audience, but your machine is dumber because you basically say you can succeed, but only if you have training wheels and bumpers and you play in a nice safe space. Well, eventually you run out of safe spaces to play. And if you haven't taught your machine how to be successful there, well, you're going to really, really struggle when it comes to being successful on Facebook. So one thing by definition that we have to understand it is age, gender, and location. So you could say women over the age of 35 in the United Kingdom, or you could say men and women 18 to 50 in the United States. You could say men or women, anybody over a certain age or under a certain age, that stuff is okay. By definition, what broad is not, and I hear say all the time, broad is not an adjective. Broad is a noun. Broad isn't, well, I've put together 14 different interest groups. And now I've got an audience that's like 20 million people. That's not broad. That is stacking a ton of things that all cost extra to get a big audience that effectively just means that you're paying way more for something 
that is just a lower quality, higher cost version of something you could have gotten anyway. Also, broad does not mean I've got a 10% lookalike, or maybe you're whitelisted and you've got a 20% lookalike. No, that's not broad either. That's a lookalike audience, or that's a interest stack or something else. Broad by definition is age, gender, and location. And that is really all you need in order for you to be successful because there are some very simple truths around how the Facebook platform operates and Facebook's business model. And we'll get to that in just a second, but I wanna drive this home. Age, gender, and location are the only parameters you can place on an inclusion side of your Facebook audience that does not raise the base CPM of your daily advertising. So here's another fact, objective truth. You can argue with me all you want. You're wrong, but you can argue all you want. Ads do the targeting. What this means is Facebook wants to show content to people that want to see it. For instance, my shirt says, be nice to dogs. You know who's not gonna see an ad for this shirt? Someone who hates dogs, right? If you wanna sell cat food to somebody, your ad could say, hey, do you want, a do you want nice food for your cat? The people that aren't gonna see it are people that have expressed they don't like cats. The point here is Facebook cares about the end user experience way more than they give a shit about your business. They don't give a fuck about your business. They care about the end user experience. And so what this means is every ad creates, and I've gotten into debate with other people that did not understand what I was saying, were dead wrong with what they were saying. I don't care if they're Facebook reps and they've been around forever. They're wrong. Every ad effectively creates, as an analogy, its own lookalike audience. And what this means is any post that goes out into the world and gets exposed to 500 people or 1,000 people, Facebook is going to understand who responds positively to that. And even before that ad goes live, Facebook knows the words that are in your ad, knows what's in the picture, knows what's in the video. Like Facebook right now can take a look at my background and say, oh, he's got a Pittsburgh Steelers hat and a terrible towel, a liquid death hat. He's got this chip from Ikea, right? This light eh, right there. And so they know absolutely what it is that's in your video. They can 100%, the AI can identify all of these things. And because you're linking to a page, they've done a crawl on everything on your page and know the metadata. Because they want to know when I show this very first impression, how do I make sure that I show it to somebody where it doesn't make their experience worse? Because Facebook's business model is keeping people on Facebook as much as possible. Here's something that I want you to understand. Nobody logged into Facebook or Instagram today to admire all of your hard work and an advertisement to burden their experience. You can try to force your ad on people, which is what a lot of people do in interest groups and retargeting and lookalikes and all this stuff, and you might get some early wins, but it's not scalable. And what's gonna happen? Your CPMs are gonna be over 25, over 35, over 50, over 80, $100 maybe just to reach 1,000 people. And you're like, yeah, but my click-through rates are great. Awesome. You sold eight things because you reached 1,000 people and it cost you 100 bucks to do it. What if my CPMs are 20 bucks and I can reach 5,000 people and I get 20 sales? Now my click-through rate, my conversion rate is way worse than yours, 
but I'm also smashing the ATM machine with a baseball bat while you're struggling to rub pennies together because I made two and a half times as many sales as you did. The point is, you don't do targeting with audiences. So let's break down exactly what audiences really do. Audiences, by definition, exclude people from seeing your ad. Now, remember we said every ad is a post, right? And at Facebook knows the kind of content people want to see. So your ad, let's say people see it, right? And they like it. So here's a little pocket of people that enjoyed the ad. Now, Facebook knows this is the pocket of people that enjoyed the ad. And maybe there's other folks that are about this big that might also enjoy it. Now, let's say you've got three or four ads inside of an ad set. So you got some over here, you got some over here, you got some over here. Now, you might have an interest group, which by the way, has no bearing on the fact that somebody actually positively thinks about something. And that's a whole other argument about why interest groups are absolute trash. Facebook has been begging you for years to stop using them and they're getting rid of thousands of them every month. And the fact that anybody still uses them hurts me a little bit inside of my soul. That's a whole other conversation. Your interest group might reflect everybody over in this little quadrant of my screen, right? Everybody in this little section. 25% of that available audience. Now here's the problem. The available people who are in that audience that also might respond positively to your ads might be 10 to 20% of the people on all of Facebook that will respond positively to your ads. So you're paying extra to make sure that the vast majority of people who want to see your content can't. And basically you're paying a premium to be a burden on a smaller group of people that don't care about you and aren't likely to buy, but because you're getting a few small wins in a few small places that's completely not scalable, that means the audience dies, you're going after the next thing and trying bidding hacks and lookalikes and trying all this other stuff to fix the problem. If you have to solve the problem over and over again, you never solve the problem in the first place. So an interest group, much like a lookalike audience, but we'll get to that in a second, an interest group is the worst type of targeting you could use because you're paying extra to prevent the ad from being shown to the people that want to see it, specifically to also burden a whole bunch of other people based on an extraordinarily low confidence data point that Facebook thinks that they might be interested in something because of some websites they've may have been to, because of some words that they may have used, whether that is positive or negative sentiment. So your CBMs are gonna skyrocket and your page score is gonna go down and other advertisers are gonna win the good impressions of the people that are actually interested because those people that are ready to buy don't, aren't gonna be shown your content because you're not aligning yourself with Facebook's business model. You're a burden to your business partner's bottom line. Why in the fuck would they ever give you premium inventory? Your goals are not aligned with your business partner. Why would they ever give you the leg up. So if you're giving a big damn about your customer making content that they want to see and letting Facebook find it, and I'm over here sitting on something where I'm saying, I wanna only hit people in this audience and I only wanna do this and I only wanna do that and I'm restricted down to just this little group of people. I'm gonna pay 30, 40, 50, $80 CPMs to burden a small group of people. You're gonna pay half that or less so let Facebook show those ads to everyone and the people who are both likely to be a good impression, you get first crack at them for much cheaper than I do. 
because you give a damn about Facebook's bottom line. So you're going to beat me both in the cost of the inventory and you get first crack at that customer. So if we're paying attention here, for those in the home game, running an interest group is about the worst thing you could possibly do. Now, the other side of this that I hear all the time is what about lookalikes and bidding models? Great, they can totally work. They are predictive elements. They take a bit of information that you have and say, great, we think you probably have 10,000 folks who want to buy. We're going to focus that down to the 1%, right? So we're going to get down to maybe the 10 or 100 people that are going to buy. What happens when you get those 100 sales? Well, that lookalike stops kind of working. If you're only relying on the lookalike. Same thing for the bidding models, by the way. If you're using, you know, cost cap or bid cap or other things, you're going to focus down to just the low-hanging fruit. The problem is if you're not using broad to expand the pie, as you take more and more pieces of the pie, there's less pie to go around. And eventually, when you drain the bucket of all good data and you stop feeding it, there is no more blood in that stone for you to extract. And I think I just combined four like analogies into one example, and I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. Those are things we use for incremental results on top of broad. And one of the biggest issues that we see is that folks say, well, the lookalike is working better. Is it? Great. Is it working better for the next year? Is it something that is an always-on effort? Or is it something that works really well right now? It's great for a week. It's great for two weeks. And after three weeks, it kind of stops working. I'm trying something else. And oh, it's working on Twitter. Oh, that thing's working with somebody else on Twitter. So I'm going to pivot my thing to target that. And the only reason it works is because you weren't abusing those people recently. You just found a whole new group of people to harass. Doesn't mean it's a better model. Doesn't mean it's a good idea. You just found a new group of people to pay way extra to go harass and then extract all of the value, and then you're going like Baby Huey sitting on everything else to destroy it along the way. And you're working really, really hard to make sure that your business suffers and has very big difficulty in scaling. That makes no sense. But that's also one of the most commonly taught ways of using Facebook ads, and I'm here to help you see why that doesn't work. Now, one of the things that I really want to get to here is the application of this stuff. Because if you make broad work, you don't need to do anything else. And that means you have a much, much greater amount of time and effort and resources to go after bigger, more important problems. And we're going to cover that in a minute. But when we're using broad, CBO becomes exceedingly powerful. And we can go on a very simple account. Why? Because we're not running our entire business model predicated on the idea of just abusing and disrespecting Facebook users and wildly neglecting Facebook's requests and needs from us as a business partner. And we're no longer favoring trying to be smarter than a machine that we have no ability to ever compete with. Look, I'm not trying to be insulting, but just take it like this. At best, you're like a fifth grader who enjoys chess going against deep blue you're gonna lose every single time maybe you can be successful doing b minus work that's probably because that brand would be successful even if you weren't there and imagine what it would look like if you could get your entire facebook daily weekly workload down to two hours 
three hours. If it took you a couple hours a week to manage Facebook because you decided to stop micromanaging all of your employees and instead work on bigger, more important problems, not only would Facebook be more stable and reliable and profitable, but you would be able to solve bigger, more important problems. And I said, we're gonna get there in a minute, but CBO and simplicity, when you figure out how to do, how to run your account on just broad audiences, with obviously some exceptions here and there, right? We all have needs. This is an 80% solution for 80% of the people, 80% of the time. And believe me, if you think, well, yeah, I'm the exception. No, you're not. But there are other exceeding needs that might occur because sometimes you might lose your law of diminishing returns, or maybe you have immediate needs for certain things. Maybe you're running a sale. Please help me. Don't run any discounts to your brand. Like you don't run a retail store. You don't need to run a discount to devalue your brand and ruin your LTV just to pay more money to get less money from your customers. Don't run discounts. The point is, when you figure out how to make broad work, you don't need to worry about audiences ever again. That's actually solving a problem. If you have to figure it out twice a month or constantly rebuild your account, remember that every time you launch a new ad set, every time you build a new campaign, every time you have to make more new ads just to suffice what you have, what you are doing is starting over. You are unable to use the data from the money you spent last week to inform what you're gonna do in a month from now. Which means you are chasing short wins to keep the machine dumb. And for that privilege, you are working way harder and paying way more money to burden other people. And if that's your business model, please don't be the person that also complains that Facebook doesn't work. Because you're misusing it wildly. And look, I don't mean to insult you here, and, and I understand that, like, hopefully this is eye-opening, because a lot of people were poorly trained and overworked and underpaid by other people that had no clue what they were doing. We're on the third generation of media buyers since, uh, you know, Power 5 was introduced. And honestly, I used to be that super hardworking guy until I did a case study with Facebook. It took me six months and over $10 million in ad spend and Facebook ad credits to be absolutely humbled that the machine was better than me. And since then, since 2018, I've been preaching this type of thing because this is how you move forward. Now, what I wanna cover also, when we, are, when we are using broad, this also means the creative testing becomes exceedingly simple, cheap, fast, and easy. Why? Because all you need is to figure out what gap in your ads do you need to overcome with broad targeting and new creatives. One of the biggest mistakes I see really successful and smart people doing to this day is they run an ad for like a week or they, they build four or five different ads or 20 ads or 40 ads. They run them for like a week and they pick whatever got lucky and then they bank their entire business future on putting that into some other campaign and scaling it to the moon. Got it. Fine. I've also governed dynamic creative and one campaign to rule the mall strategy, how to spend a million dollars in an ad account on why that is a cripplingly short-sighted way of looking at your ad account. The point is, if you make broad work, 
you can take a look at those ads. Remember how I said every ad effectively makes its own lookalike audience because it identifies who responds positively to it and Facebook already knows who those people are before it gets started. And so ultimately every single ad makes an, has its own circle and effect. You then have a Venn diagram of the audiences that you're populating and that you're reaching and that you're able to communicate with. And Broad presents in a situation where none of those ads are, where you're never paying extra money to make those ads less effective and ultimately hurt your ability to grow as a brand. You've given up the idea of paying extra to do, to work harder, to get a worse result to, by disrespecting your customer and your business partner as a standard practice. You've given that up. What that means is now creative testing. You can say, do I want to convert this type of customer more efficiently? Or do I want to try to find a new batch of customers? So remember when we said those ads basically have all their own lookalikes and there's a lot of overlap. That's great. If you want to be more efficient in your CPMs and your CPAs, what you could do is find, you run a creative test to specifically solve the problem of how do I get this ad pitch done better? And if you can make that ad pitch done better, Basically, you find a better script, a better creative, a better copy, a better headline, something like that that's going to reduce the CPA. Maybe it's just the journey after the click, whatever it is that you're doing. Then what you're ultimately able to do is replace one good option with a better one. And if your entire creative testing model is just saying, I'm only going to improve my worst option, I'm going to take my weakest link and make it stronger. Success isn't a question of, can I make Facebook work? It is a, how much longer am I only going to be spending this much money? When you frame the question as how much longer until I can spend a lot more instead of, can I make this work? because you're using broad audiences and creative testing to solve very specific business problems, you're going to be wildly more successful. You also get way more valuable feedback on that creative. Because the honest truth is, I can't tell you how many people run ads at retargeting thinking that that's a smart idea. And, and look, I get why it makes sense, except for the fact that even your very first impression on cold traffic is also a retargeting ad because you probably don't have a, a product that nobody's ever heard of before and facebook understands who to show those ads to to begin with and the honest truth is the what the problem that i have that you need to get me to ultimately condition and train me to try to take an action that you seem valuable is going to be completely different than you even though it's the same product so the initial touch and the overcoming the objections and all of those other points that's going to get somebody across the finish line that journey is different for almost every single customer but if you're running top of funnel mid funnel bottom funnel stuff like that and trying to guess what to overcome again you are paying extra to guess what people want and ultimately place burdens on other individuals and if you're wrong you're going to be way worse off because it's not about trying to say, well, everybody that came here, the reason they didn't buy was this one problem. If that's what you think your problem is, I'm telling you right now, categorically, you're wrong. If I'm running a car dealership and I'm trying to sell minivans, maybe the reason that people don't buy the maybe the people, reason people come in to check out the minivan is they're just interested in safety. Or they're interested in the brand. Or they're interested in the amount of people they can fit into the car. Or maybe they're interested in the price. Maybe that's what got them in the door. But if I came in because of price and safety, and then you ultimately converted me because of the brand and the size, that's great. But the guy next to me might've come in because of the brand and size, but the safety and the price is what made them buy. 
Now, if you're running mid funnel and bottom funnel retargeting and prospecting ads, a bunch of guns, different audiences trying to bring in completely varying different types of customers to your store, but you don't have any type of budget to actually support. And you say the reason I didn't buy was because of price, but I came in because of price. You've already shot yourself in the foot and paid extra to restrict the ability for your ads to be shown in the order required to, to, pro, to condition and prime that customer to take an action. Because remember, Facebook has seen every website you've been to in like for the last decade. They know every credit card purchase you've made. They know the words that you're using, the things that you're interested in. They know the communication you're having with your friends, the things that you click on and watch late night in bed next to your significant other when they've turned over to the other side and the things you do on your secret account and something else. Facebook knows. So they know how many impressions and what vernacular and what type of creative and what over our overarching messaging is going to get you to take an action versus somebody else. And when you try to start to second guess that by taking what works in email or programmatic because you don't have the ability to use an optimized CPM environment conditioning behavior, when you take those archaic platform and strategies and apply it to a dynamic machine learning environment, you are going to limit your upside tremendously. So running at broad only allows you to creative test to solve very specific problems, which ultimately means that you never need to worry about audiences again. And which means every creative test is ultimately designed to either improve your efficiency or allow you to spend more money. And that's the real trick here. What problem are you trying to solve? And I swear, if you say, well, the problem we're trying to solve is we have too many ad to carts, you're going to overcome that by targeting ad to carts with a discount or an influencer or some testimonial or something. I promise you the reason that ad works is because of the audience you're targeting with. And the reason that broad isn't working as well is because you are restricting the ability for broad to target those individuals because you're either cheating, you're either running them against each other or you're excluding them. So broad has to make somebody work on the first click or it's worthless. How many times is when somebody knocks on the door and you immediately fuck them? Very rarely. Stop running your ad account as though that's how your entire business is predicated. If you knock on the door and somebody doesn't want to buy from you, very first impression, that doesn't mean that they're not interested. It ultimately means that you have to work with them to make something happen. So what I'm getting down to here, the very last point, is the ability to solve bigger problems okay so what we need to get to here is when you start to use broad you can begin to save time and money to solve bigger more important problems in your business like what happens after the click how to improve ltv and ultimately how to be more successful in your business because what really matters has nothing to do with hacking Facebook. What really matters is driving a higher volume of higher quality customers into your store and then figuring out what to do with them after they get there. Stabilize the CPA and work on the LTV. Or if you have a standard LTV, you can do creative testing to reduce the CPA. Or you get a higher volume of customers that ultimately allows you to reduce your COGS. That's how you grow a business. Everything else that you're trying to do is probably getting in the way and crippling your growth. So with that being said, 
uh, YouTube thinks you might like some of these videos. And don't be shy. Go ahead and subscribe there. I really appreciate it. And until next time, I'll see you on the internet. Bye.